0: It's Iowa caucus day, but will snow and frigid temperatures keep the Democrats, I mean, Nikki Haley supporters, away? The final countdown is on, and I'll give you my predictions. Plus, green cards, work permits, taxpayer-funded lawyers, and thousands of illegals allowed to enter per day. Who needs Democrats or foreign enemies when you've got rhinos and fake-ass conservatives ready, willing, and able to sell our country national sovereignty and security down the river? And speaking of a lack of security and sovereignty, there was an insurrection at the White House over the weekend, but don't worry, Joe wasn't there to see it. He was on vacation again. Ah, the age-old question. If wacko liberals and terrorist sympathizers take to the streets to destroy and riot, but there's no media to cover it, did it really happen? Oh, it happened. And my show starts right now. It is Iowa caucus day, and the polls still show Donald Trump as the frontrunner with Excuse my gag reflex here. Uh, Icky Nikki Haley edging her way into second ahead of Ron DeSantis. Now, I attribute that to the big money corporate corporate special interest donors that have been flooding her war chest with money in the last couple of months with the hopes that she can get elected or appointed to something that will allow her to egg on more foreign conflicts and feed the military industrial complex. But I don't have to tell all y'all that because you're smart enough to dislike Icky Nikki Haley all on your own. But our collective and conservative-led beef with Nikki Haley is not new news. Here's what is. So until last weekend, former President Trump saved pretty much all of his shots for Governor Ron DeSantis. But it finally happened, folks. Donald Trump took his first major swipe at Vivek Ramaswamy. In opposed to Truth Social, Trump went on a rant about Vivek calling him sly and accusing him of using deceitful campaign tricks. He also said Vivek is not mega and a vote for him would be a vote for, quote, the other side. Now... This likely comes in response to Vivek's new strategy of claiming a vote for him will actually save Donald Trump from the deep state. You know, folks, I watch a lot of Bravo and this all feels like Bravo, but alas, it's not. It's politics, baby, so bundle and buckle up. Joining me now is 1776 Project Pack chairman, Ryan Jardusky. <laughs> Ryan, it's Iowa Day. I appreciate you laughing at my Bravo joke. Um, That's a good place to start. So let's just start at the top here. It's Iowa. We're here in Nashville. It's snowing. Uh, Everything in Nashville is closed because we got about three inches. I can't imagine what it's going to be like in Iowa tonight. Do you think it's going to discourage folks from coming out and making their voices heard because it's a little cold? You know, Midwest folks are a little different, but it still plays a factor in this.
1: Yeah, it's going to be negative 40 degrees with the wind chill in Western um, in Western Iowa, negative 35 in Eastern Iowa. Um, And that will I mean, that is so cold. That's cars don't run cold. Um, It's at a level where I think there are a lot of people that may sit there and say it's just I can't do it. The polls are so one sided for Trump. Let me not. Even show up in the Des Moines Register poll, the poll that you had the graphic for um, the most likely Republican caucus goer are DeSantis uh, caucus goers. The least likely are Haley caucus goers. One other thing about the poll, um, the poll included 11 percent Democrats, which Democrats don't have a caucus today. So they may caucus with Republicans, but it would be the highest by like. 100% hundred percent higher than it usually is it's usually about one to three percent so to have 11 percent would be astronomically high which has given boosted haley's numbers um so that's really where where they're at right now but yeah it's really really cold to a point that I don't I think that a lot of people may sit there and say you know what the polls are so lopsided I don't have to show up um, especially people with a low propensity of voting.
0: Let's dig into that a little bit, because you said a couple of things that intrigued me. Um, You said Democrats, well, Democrats obviously would be Nikki Haley voters. I mean, that's I think that's pretty obvious to everybody who has eyes, ears, and a brain. But let's talk about this. You said the most likely to caucus would be DeSantis supporters, least likely would be Haley supporters. So explain to me why that would be.
1: Yeah, well, the Des Moines Register poll found that 62% of people who said they're supporting DeSantis that they will absolutely go caucus. 56% of Trump supporters said they're going to caucus. And 51% of Haley supporters that they're definitely going to caucus. And there are some people still that could uh, change their minds last minute. Um, why is that? That is because I think that the people that have supported Ron DeSantis in Iowa are the people who've organized in Iowa for decades. They're evangelical leaders, there's the governor, there's community leaders. Um, The Joni Ernst may be caucusing for DeSantis. She has not said who she's gonna caucus for yet, but she'll be caucusing either for Haley or DeSantis because they have both um, asked for her support. Um, Trump has not asked for her support, so she will not support him, she said. So those are the people most likely to go caucus. Lower propensity voters, which include people without a college degree, um, uh, unfortunately, are less likely to go and vote. And so a lot of them are Trump supporters, which is why Trump's numbers are bringing down to the mid-50s. And Haley supporters, because Haley, as you point out correctly in the Des Moines Register poll, most of her support comes from either independents or Democrats, who, when they don't have as much of a stake in the party, they don't show up, you know, in high numbers.
0: Yeah, uh, exactly. So I want to dig into your perception of this because I know that you follow this very closely. You have a great intuition. And Mm -hmm. honestly, as somebody who is a frequent user of Twitter X, I see so much back and forth. I see the polls. I see social media. And it depends on who you follow if you really want to get a sense of what's going on. I tend not to believe polls Too much, because I think that they're often skewed, especially when it comes to maybe a place like Iowa, which always seems to have some kind of a wild card. But when I look at social media, I've seen for months now the combating optics of it all. The Trump supporters say nobody's showing up for Ron DeSantis. Nobody likes Ron DeSantis. Then the Ron DeSantis supporters say, look at this room filled with 700 people just last night out there for Ron DeSantis. They're really enthusiastic for Ron DeSantis. He has a lot of support in the state. He has the governor's support, who is very popular. But then you see other optics of Trump rallies where not a lot of people are showing up. Oh, his time has passed. For somebody who looks at this just from a social media perspective, they're not in Iowa. They've never been to Iowa. They're not really sure how this process works. How do they weed through the social media optics of it all and find a kernel of reality?
1: So what I like to say is that uh, the press lives on Twitter and voters live on Facebook. That's just how people are. Um, especially older voters, they live really on Facebook, not on Twitter. So the perception on Twitter is not always honest. A lot of people, a lot of influences are paid. I am not, but a lot of people are paid to promote one candidate or the other or one optic or the other. That is why you will see some high profile conservatives supporting somebody literally one day and then switching to attack them the very next brutally because they are being paid by whichever campaign or candidate or promised a job in some administration. So you will see um, this happen literally all the time. Uh, I don't perceive much out of that. As far as polls go, polls are accurate till they're not. Go back to 2016 in the state of Michigan in the Democratic primary. Hillary Clinton was Beating Bernie Sanders two to one, 66 to 33 in almost every single poll. She was either up by 20 to 35 points. She lost Michigan by a point and a half. Go to Georgia in the secretary of state race in 2022. Brad Raffensperger, the incumbent secretary of state, was either tied or losing to uh, by a few points to um, to a Republican congressman. He ended up winning that race by 26 points. So there and it was every poll and not just one but every single poll charting it had the entire thing wrong there was a silent rathensberger vote like there was a silent bernie vote in michigan like there have been silent trump votes in the past uh polls are right till they're not going into this election all of the indicators sit there and say donald trump's going to win the question is will he cross the 50 percent mark if he doesn't it's a little embarrassing a majority of republicans in iowa still don't want him to be the republican nominee but he would win nonetheless um, the question is, is there a silent DeSantis voter or a silent Haley voter or a silent Vivek voter? Are people that she, I wish there I mean, was
0: a silent Haley voter? I'm just going to throw that out. There. I <laughs> wish she herself was silent, but please continue.
1: My, but my point is, is that, uh, you know, there is no silent Trump voter left. Nobody, everyone who's supporting Trump gladly tells you how much they love Donald Trump, how much they're supporting him. Um, so much to the point that it does intimidate some other average voters uh most recently in 2022 in arizona carrie lake in polls was blowing the republican primary opponent karen taylor Robson away in poll after poll by 10 points and she won by two why because people were so obsessed with carrie lake that they other people who weren't just didn't want to tell pollsters they just wanted to say it out loud because they were very very quiet we could be heading to that today. Listen, polls can be completely correct, and it could be Trump by 50, uh, Haley and DeSantis 40 each, and then in the 10. Or we could see something where a lot of silent conservatives who are going to show up today go out there and vote for DeSantis. I'm hoping for that. Um, and DeSantis surprises everyone and you know breaks through the 30 percent mark and Haley moves back into the teens.
0: So what do you think this means as far as tonight? Uh, I think Trump will probably win. But if it comes out that Haley does surpass Ron DeSantis, a lot of people saying that Ron DeSantis will drop out or he'll drop out very soon. Do you think that that's a likely outcome if he doesn't perform well in Iowa?
1: If he doesn't perform well in Iowa, it is likely he'll drop up. It goes going into New Hampshire. See, Iowa and New Hampshire usually have a Democrat and Republican caucus and primary on the same exact day. The Democrats cancel their Iowa and New Hampshire primary and caucus because it's too white of a population. It's literally the excuse they gave it was too many white people <laughs> in those two states for the Democrats. So it shows you where they feel about white people. But the um so there's no Democratic primary in New Hampshire. In a New Hampshire, independents are the biggest party in New Hampshire. I think it's like 50% of the population is independent. And they can vote either primary. Um, they A lot of independents who are basically Democrats will be voting for Nikki Haley in New Hampshire. Um, and that is really why she will probably um, have a very good chance of winning in New Hampshire. And Democrats in South Carolina can vote for Haley. Um, so I think that this is a big sugar high. Remember... Vote for somebody in this primary does not mean you're necessarily in love with that candidate as much as you are opposed to the other candidate. Bernie Sanders did much better against Hillary Clinton than he did against Joe Biden because people genuinely did not like Hillary Clinton, even in the Democratic side. That may be true right now what we're seeing. A lot of people may not like Nikki Haley. They just do not like Donald Trump. And Ron DeSantis, in their opinion, may be too much like Trump.
0: Yeah, I think it tonight is obviously going to be very interesting. Um, I think that DeSantis is going to do a lot better than people think that he will do. I think a lot of people look at him as America first without the drama. Hillary or, sorry, Hillary Clinton, Nikki Haley, same freaking person. I actually did not do that on purpose. I, I've done that on purpose in the past to be funny. That actually was just natural. Um, I think Nikki Haley, I think that... People are looking at her like, oh, maybe she's less drama. Um, There's nothing less dramatic about bombing the world. So I want to move yes. on now, speaking of the world being in peril. I want to turn now to what we used to call a border and what we used to call the Republican Party. So neither exists anymore, in my opinion. Uh, the Uniparty will quite realistically sell us down the river, either with this border deal that came out of the weekend or one that's alarmingly similar. The framework leaked over the weekend, and I'm not exaggerating when I say it actually ruined my entire weekend. So the graphic here of this, now this is just... Rumored, I don't think it's going to happen, but it probably will, actually. It'll probably be something very similar to this because never underestimate Republicans' ability to sell us out. But if you're looking at the graphic, green card increase, 50K per year, immediate work permits for every illegal released from custody, so all of them. Taxpayer funded lawyers for certain illegals, 5,000 allowed per day. I mean, this to me, Ryan, really is their plan to destroy our country, and I think it's treason, mass release, work permits, voting rights will be next. And I firmly believe that any Republican that would even kind of sort of support this should be run out of town immediately. How close of a border deal to the one that I put up do you think that we are going to get? And if so, what's next?
1: Uh, 5,000 migrants a day is higher than any day of President Obama's presidency. That's how bad this situation is and i was very curious as james langford is infamously weak on immigration and tom tillis who was the other senator arguing is also very very weak on immigration and very much pro corporate um increasing legal immigration every at every stop um I, so i spoke to you i spoke to a u.s senator over the weekend who said that this bill is awful that he has seen briefs of it and it is genuinely terrible um luckily the house led by speaker johnson and congressman mike garcia of california devised a plan saying unless you attach hr2 which is the only bill being proposed right now that will actually stop the migrant crisis unless you attach that bill we will not consider any single solitary uh reform on the border um and they democrats will democrats are so have such chips change such a party that this is going to the current migrant crisis is going to bankrupt Every single major American city in this country, where Massachusetts, the state of Massachusetts is cutting firefighters um, and their child's uh, the child Medicaid program, the CHIPS program. New York City is slashing police officers and teaching programs, and they can still not a single congressman from either one of those areas are saying we have to we have to handle this migrant crisis. We have to stop it. They so don't care about the American people. It is. It is mind boggling. This is not the Democratic Party of the 2000s, of the 90s. This would not happen. Harry Reid, Barbara, uh, Diane Feinstein, they would have never accepted what's happening at this point right now.
0: This is what I don't understand. These governors are underwater. They're underwater. They're begging Texas not to send any more illegals they're, So they're saying they're underwater. Please don't bust them. New York City, they're trying to go after the charter bus companies they are saying we can't take any more. But then Democrats, as you just mentioned, every time there's a a solution to this, they say, oh, well, we'll have a border deal that allows this many in. We'll give them all work permits. We'll just keep the magnet and we'll keep the people coming and flowing in and in and in. They don't want to fix the problem. That tells me it's because they want to give them voting rights. And, you know, they'll say, oh, we need to get them work permits so they can support themselves. There are not enough low skill jobs with low pay to keep these people from needing to be funded. A lot of these people are under 18. A lot of these people have no skills. They don't speak English. We're literally importing poverty. And there is no solution on the table that would be viable other than just closing the freaking border and deporting all these people. But nobody wants to do that. And no Republican seemingly wants to do that either. So I don't feel like there is a solution beyond that.
1: Well, I wouldn't say no Republican wants to do that because you did have a congressman, Matt Rosendale, it's putting out a bill saying we need an immigration moratorium for I think it was at least five years uh, that got co-sponsored by quite a few congressmen uh, Republicans there are a few who have sat there and given a hardline position immigration Tom Cotton is generally a very hard line position immigration um, Jim Banks is a very pretty hard line position immigration the problem is is that the people who are for who are allowed to get into these organization into these uh into these de- rooms to sit there and argue with Schumer are never those people it's always Langford or Tillis or somebody else who has no concept on what the border is happening right now. Uh, and even, to add to what's what, what the, how problematic this is, forget about how much how many jobs there are. How many houses are there? How many homes are there? When they are asking Americans, please house these migrants, and there is no end in sight. Where did they 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 just genuinely don't expect that a hundred million people will cross our border, but a hundred million people will cross our border if they are allowed to. There there is no and inside, there are 7 billion people in this world. They will all try to get to the United States as fast as they can, as long as we reward illegality. And the Langford bill would jumpstart that to a, to the highest amount you could possibly imagine. They will be like, we will get everything we want if we can just get into the United States. It will be catastrophic. And Democrats just don't, they either, they just don't care about the American people. They are so, the number one organizing principle of the Democratic Party right now is We have to hate white people. We have to hate people of European descent. Whiteness is the enemy. Uh, Americans of white descent are generally racist. They're systemically racist, and we have to break this. How do we break this? Anything that does break it is good. So making America less white is always a good thing. That is a general principle of the Democratic Party right now. They are bankrupting their own cities as long as they fulfill that social justice mantra of attacking white. Let's get
0: to the real motivation behind it, though, because it would appear that they are anti-white, and I believe that many of them are. But a lot of them that are leading this charge are, in fact, white. So I find it hard to believe that they have that much self-loathing, that they just really hate themselves that much and don't want to see their fellow white people in this country. I have a feeling it's deeper than that. I have a feeling it's because they want to lord over these people who are not white, and they want to be their savior, and they want to keep getting elected by these people who are not white, but they use the premise of making America less white to get into that position of power to lord over those people who are not white. So to me it's not like, oh we just hate white people, it's like, no we want everyone else to hate like middle class white people, but we want you to love white elites.
1: Well, two things that are absolutely correct. One, they do have this white savior complex of I'm, this is an act of kindness. Look, they are in these terrible countries, even though we don't call them terrible countries. So we're making them better by putting them out on the streets of New York City in the freezing cold. And then the second thing that they sit there and say is they know the numbers. The numbers are immigrants vote 70 to 80 percent Democrat. You bring enough of them in And you have the state of texas the state of north carolina the state of florida again you can demographically change this country as it has in the 2016 election according to cnn exit polls donald trump won the plurality of the popular vote i think by four points i think it was 49 45 of people born in america Immigrants voted seventy one twenty nine for Hillary Clinton. That is why she won the popular vote. You take that vote or you shrink that vote and states like New Hampshire, state believe it or not, New Hampshire even, states like New Hampshire, states like Virginia, states like Minnesota, all of a sudden many either would have flipped or became much more in play. Nevada would have certainly flipped. That has always been their game plan. That has been their game plan since 1967 with Teddy Kennedy and Lyndon Baines Johnson when they made this immigration, when they changed immigration system. And they know the numbers and they know how to rack the numbers. I think all of those things that you mentioned and all things, some of the things I mentioned all play into part with that.
0: Yeah, this was this is what will destroy Our country. That and the last thing I want to talk about. Um, There was a little attempted insurrection over the weekend at the White House. Of course, Joe Biden was on vacation, so he didn't see it. But pro-Palestinian domestic terrorists who have been ruining everything for the last three months. So again, they're attempting an insurrection. They're trying to beat down. They've got people in riot gear trying to hold them back. I mean, Again, not a lot of people covering this. And if they are covering it, they're saying that these people just want a ceasefire and they just want justice. A lot of these people really don't know what they're there for, other than they like to do this because they're either getting paid for it or they have nothing better to do. But how does this end? And will this actually put a dent in Democratic votes because a lot of these people are upset that Democrats are not openly taking the side of terrorists?
1: I think that American we mentioned immigration last segment american israeli relations will change dramatically over the course of the next decade because of mass immigration because we are bringing people in the world who hate the state of israel they hate the state of israel they believe in a lot of jewish conspiracy theories and they will increase in population substantially in places like Michigan and Minnesota and Georgia. And you have seen some senators who represent those places being very coy on, on Israel and, the, and 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 being very, very, very hostile, especially about Bibi Netanyahu. And you've seen other people like John Fetterman being, you know, unapologetically supportive of Israel. But they are few and far in between. As we change the demographics of this country, we will become less and less pro-Israel. And it is up to American Jews to really who, who fund a lot of ngos who fund a lot of the democratic party who find a lot of liberal candidates to wake up and realize that these people absolutely hate you it is not the screaming infada and from the river to the sea it is not a it's not a political statement over um how much you do or do not love the lakud party and bb netanyahu and palestinian relationships they absolutely hate Jews and they hate America too. I mean, they, there's no black and white in this. They absolutely hate it. Over in London during the same exact time, they were uh, supporters from The Nation, The Nation magazine. One of their reporters was speaking and saying, we need to make mass casualties more normal. This yeah. is what this conversation is becoming. It's not going to change. And uh, the most you could hope, I guess, is to pray for peace, but to realize what is what's coming down the pipeline.
0: So last question then, uh, if, this isn't gonna, if this might change Democrat uh, attitudes, will American Jews stop voting for Democrats because some Democrats are openly cheering this on or the party is moving further in that pro-Hamas, pro-Palestinian direction? Um, as you mentioned, some of them being coy, some of them coming right out and saying it, like Rashida Tlaib and others. Will American Jews stop voting Democrat in the numbers that we've seen in recent history?
1: I think some will, but there's two important things. One is, will they stop funding organizations that breed hate? Hate of America and hate of, hate of Jewish people the answer has been yes, as we've seen people cut funds from uh, Ivy League universities. Uh, But the second and most important thing is is the Jewish demographic is changing. The secular Jew is having fewer children. Orthodox and religious Jews are having more. They are Republicans. Secular Jews are Democrats. Um, So we are headed into a place where eventually Republicans will win the Jewish vote. We're going into a place where large portions of the United States, like in central Brooklyn, are already voting 70-80% Republican, parts of New Jersey and parts of Upstate New York, that are, that are Orthodox Jewish, are voting heavily Republican. That will only continue as Orthodox Jews have more children and seculars have few. But the most important is, are secular Jews going to realize and cut off funds? Hopefully, they do. And uh, hopefully, enough of them switch over votes where it matters.
0: Yeah. Well, also, another part of this is that illegal immigrants have a ton of children. So there's that. Um, can't <laughs> wait to fund the anchor babies. So we need someone that's going to stop that too. Trump promised to do it. He didn't. I think Ron DeSantis would. Um but we'll have to wait and see. I think Iowa is going to be very important. We'll see how that shakes out. Uh, and if we are, you know, in a situation where we have a rematch between Trump and Biden, uh, you know, go for Trump. Hope that we can get it done this time. But, you know, it, it doesn't leave us all feeling very optimistic. But Ryan, thank you for taking all the time and for analyzing this stuff and for your content that you put out, of course, on Twitter and X. It's always very insightful. And I know that you're not somebody who sits there and tweets out, you know, ripped off videos from other people to try to make (laughs) that And I greatly appreciate that because there are a lot to do. So thank you for your time. God bless and stay warm. You too. Thank you. All right, folks, apparently a Loose-knit circle of so-called public interest groups and lawmakers are already working behind the scenes to undermine a Trump presidency 2.0. This is actually called a coup, and I have some final thoughts. (laughs) Democrats, man, they are some special people. And by special, I mean totally and completely evil, at least some of them. They will do anything to save democracy, though, they say. They'll impeach a sitting president twice. They'll mail and vote a vegetable, open the borders, and then just to seal the deal, they'll indict the leading Republican candidate four times, attempt to bankrupt him, take him off the ballot, and now this, a new one. According to sources of NBC News, a network of so-called public interest groups, lawmakers, and Pentagon insiders are already working behind the scenes to undermine Trump should he become commander-in-chief once again. They are apparently very concerned that he will do something crazy like secure our borders or end foreign wars or expose and drain the swamp, something wild like that, I know, crazy. But they won't really come out and say that. Instead, they told NBC they are worried Trump will surround himself with loyalists that would do his bidding. Again, hiring people who are loyal to you, crazy, I know. But to prevent that, they are already working behind the scenes, in the shadows and in the swamp, to foil those efforts. Specifically, they are working to keep Trump, who would be the commander-in-chief, from commanding the military. Yeah, if that sounds like a coup, it's because it is. But this circle of traitorous losers will supposedly stop President Trump in his tracks first by pressuring potential Trump appointees and subtly letting them know the potential ramifications of their potential actions. Again, if that sounds like a coup, it's because it is. Now, the Democrats and leftists, globalists, rats, and elites are perfectly fine with using and abusing power. They just don't want Trump doing it. Important to note that Democrats accuse Trump of doing things or wanting to do things that they themselves have done, are doing, or will do. It's the definition of gaslighting. But the swamp is terrified of Trump. But actually, they're terrified of you, the American voters. They don't want us getting in the way of Obama's 13th year in office. They don't want us to think we have the power or, heaven forbid, that we can use it. Well, perhaps that's exactly why we are well-prepared to do just that. And they and their public interest groups and Pentagon insiders, well, they can pound sand. Sincerely, we the people. Those are my final thoughts from Nashville. God bless and take care.